You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Sean Myers as he delivers Open My Eyes. So welcome to 12 Stone across the campuses and online. Let me hear, is everybody fired up to jump into 2020? Great expectation. Of course we are. Of course we are. So let me lead off with the kind of question for the new year. What do you hope for in 2020? I mean, what, what do you, maybe you haven't written it down yet, okay? But, but what do you hope for, maybe in your single life, your dating life, or your married life? You know, what, what do you hope for in your career or your finances? What do you hope for? Your kids. What do you hope for in your health and, and, and your fitness? What do you hope you will conquer or, or, or accomplish? Because we all have them. And, and you know that if, oh, if you got that breakthrough, I would change everything. But here's a twist on the question. Let, let's put up here. What does God hope for you in 2020? Oh. What does God hope for your dating life, your single life, your married life, your family life, your kids? What does God hope for in your health and your fitness or your career or your finances? What, like, what does God hope that you will conquer? What, what does he hope you will accomplish? And here's what we believe. I want you to get this. We believe that God dreams bigger for you than you do for yourself. He dreams bigger for you than you do for yourself. But you have to ask. You have to pray. You have to what, everybody? You have to pray. Say it again. You have to what? Pray. In fact, let's put a statement up here. This is, this is kind of a significant thought. What if a breakthrough in prayer was the trigger to all other breakthroughs. Come on now. See, we're, in 2020, we're going to go after 21 days of prayer, and we think it's huge breakthrough in front of us. Really, we have this prayer, this, this synchronized, shared prayer that we're going to practice over this series. And so what I'm doing is helping set up the series and where we're going. And here's the prayer. Open my eyes. Connect my heart. Help me. Use me. Oh, God, open my eyes. Connect my heart. Help me. Use me in Jesus' name. That is a profound prayer. It drives your roots down. And we know that, that no tree has great fruit without deep roots. In fact, we've been using that as the imagery for Vision 2021. Back in October, with At The Movies, we launched Vision 2021, and we used that whole image of the tree that God's invited us to join him in transforming souls, families, and communities. And, and that's, kind of the, that's kind of the fruit of the tree. And th thousands of us have made commitments to, to give a dollar a day. Well, that begins now. We are in Vision 2021. We call it Vision 2021 because it, it goes through the next two years and ends with December of 2021. But Thousands of families are giving like a, a dollar a day or more or less whatever God has asked you to give. In fact, um, honestly, just humbling uh, the sacrifice that some are making uh, to resource and give and see this happen. And many of you said, oh, I'll, I'll settle that by January. Well, here you are. It's January. You got this next month to jump online and, and decide what you intend to give. But all this is held together because of Jesus. Because of who? Jesus. Like the trunk of the tree, Jesus holds everything together. That we might underneath that be rooted in prayer. And see, there's something that can be at risk. For, for the church in America, and, and that includes us. And, and here's this thought I want you to kind of see. What was fundamental for the early church prayer? 
has become supplemental in today's church. It was, it was fundamental, foundational for the early church. A new prayer was to connect with God and the power of God, the presence of God. But that can become supplemental. We can lose that. So today, we're going to launch a series around this prayer, this shared prayer. In fact, I want everyone across campuses online, I want you to read the prayer with me. Ready aloud. Everybody read this prayer with me. Open my eyes. Connect my heart. Help me. Use me. And I've asked Pastor Sean to launch this series with open my eyes. Bow your heads. Father, we pray by, the, by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that you would open our eyes. We're showing up here. We've got all kinds of hopes for 2020, but you have more than we've imagined. If we would just pray, but God, there's things we don't see about prayer. Would you anoint the teaching today and Sean, would you open our eyes and help us to see what we don't see so that we might grow up into this invitation for prayer. And we receive this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are we ready to go, church? Let's get after it in 2020. If you would, grab your, grab your Bibles. Uh, maybe you'll take our Worship Center Bible out. Uh, underneath your seat, you got one as you came in. We're going to be going to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. So go ahead and pull out your Bibles and get there. If you are in one of our Worship Center Bibles, we're on page 10, 1077. 1077. Uh, and we're going to be looking at a story, and the story is of two sisters and their brother. It's Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And what we're gonna do right here off the top is I just want us to read one verse of this story. It's kind of a summarization from Jesus kind of telling and, and instructing Mary and Martha what's at stake. It's a promise that Jesus is giving to them that I believe God is giving to you and I as well. So John chapter 11, I'm gonna read verse 40. Jesus is inviting us into a promise. It says this. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Now, I believe that in 2020, this promise is a promise to you and I as well, that if we would believe, we would see the glory of God in our lives. Now, there's a problem when it comes to God's promises. Have you ever noticed this? That whenever God gives a promise in his word, it's always followed up with problems. Always. Like, look at the greatest promises. He goes to Abraham. He goes, Abraham, listen, I'm going to make you into a great nation where there will be more descendants than you can count. Abraham's like, great. Kind of a problem. I'm 90 years old. My wife's 90 years old. We don't even have a kid I'm going to give you a kid. Well, that's a little weird, a little bit crazy, right? He, he goes on. He goes to Moses. Moses, you're going to deliver the Israelite nation from Egypt. You're going to lead them out of slavery, take them out of captivity. Great. There's going to be a problem. It's called Pharaoh. He doesn't want them to leave. You're going to get stuck as he's trying to kill you between Pharaoh and the Red Sea, and there's going to be problems. Look at David. Everybody knows David, right? David, you're anointed to be king. You're the next king. It's going to be awesome. There's a guy named Goliath. Let's talk about him. He's 10 foot tall. He can throw you across a field. No big deal. We got him. Now, on top of that, the king that's currently over right now is going to want to kill you. Some problems. 
Jesus with the disciples, I'm giving you the church. Go lead the church. Go build the church. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you and come on you and do this. But you're all going to probably die in the process. Going to be some problems. See, whenever God gives a promise, it's always followed with problems. And today, in this new year, God is saying to us, if you believe, you will see the glory of God in 2020 like you've never seen before. And there's gonna be some problems. So to anticipate that, we, we need one prayer, one prayer for us here today to help us to believe, to encourage our faith. And here's the prayer. It says, God, open my eyes to see that you love me more than I know, that you are doing more than I can see. This is my prayer for us today, that we would know that God loves us more than we know, that we could see that he's doing more than we can see. See, it was a few months ago where God brought these two realities, these two truths to light for me. He opened my eyes to see them. I was driving in the car with my daughter, Ella, who's nine years old. We were actually on our way to softball practice. And one of the things she loves to do while we're driving to softball practice is she'll say, hey, hey, dad, can you put on this song on your phone so we can listen to it and get pumped up before we get there? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And I always do this. And this particular day, she asked, dad, will you put on God's Country by Blake Shelton? <laughs> she wanted to get pumped up for some softball. And, I, and as I went to do this, I realized I didn't have my cell phone with me. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Ella, I don't have my, I don't have my phone. And, and so I turn on the radio, and we start looking around the radio, going to the bowl, we're like, there, it's not playing. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just not playing, Ella. And then I had this thought. And as soon as I said it out loud, I wanted to bring it back inside of my mouth. Have you ever had one of those moments? Like, oh, no, don't. Like, <laughs> do you like that visual? Uh, and so what I said to her next was I said, Ella, why don't you pray that God would bring it on the radio? And as soon as I said it, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm trying to teach my daughter how to pray, and there ain't no way God's going to play this song. So now I'm writing a sermon about when God doesn't answer prayers. Like, God doesn't answer prayers. How am I going to tell her this? I kid you not, 30 seconds later, after she's prayed this prayer, the first downbeat, the first chord of God's country starts playing on the radio. Can you believe that? Now in this moment, in this moment, it starts playing. And I wish, I wish I had this deep spiritual insight that I could have said to my daughter in that moment. But you know what I said? I said, no way! demonstrating some deep faith to my daughter. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, no way, shut up. Did that just happen? My daughter's next to me lighting up like a Christmas tree, singing at the top of her lungs, so excited. I'm on the other side of the car, and I'm going, can I have a million bucks? Like, I, <laughs> is this how this works? A million dollars, please. No, seriously, I'm on the other side of the car, and I'm like, I'm teary-eyed. I'm almost crying because of what just happened. And by the time I can compose myself in this moment, I finally got the words out that I need to get out. And I was like, Ella, see? Like, God is real. He loves you. He cares about you. He's doing this for you. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are here, you're, you're sitting here, and you're going, man, that's just a coincidence. Right? I mean... She just happened to pray for that song to come on 
before they already had it slated on their list to happen? Maybe. Or maybe God's doing more than what we can see. Let me just ask some questions. Like, does God really care what song's playing on the radio? I don't think so. Probably not. Does God care that the song was called God's Country? Probably. Yeah. Does God love country music? Absolutely. <laughs> right? It's God's music. Does God care that his little girl, his daughter, sees that he loves her more than she knows? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why God chose to do that, or if it was even God or just coincidence. I, I, don't, I don't even need to explain it. Don't even want to talk about it. Here's what I know. I am so grateful that in that moment, my daughter Ella realized that she could have a personal relationship with God, that she could talk and that God would respond, that she could see that there was more to prayer than she had already seen. See, when I say the word prayer, I want you to think about the word relationship. See, prayer is a relationship with God. It's getting in his presence. It's not religion. It's not rituals or rules or routines. It's not following a list. It's a life-giving relationship with the living God. It's about knowing him and being known by him. It's not knowing all these facts about God and just knowing Bible stories and, and what happened. It's knowing God. Because there's something we need to know, and here's what it is. God wants to be known. Do you know this about God? God wants to be known. It's God's desire that you would know him, that you would experience life with him, that he could sit down with you and talk about all the dreams and desires that he has for your life and what he has planned for you. I mean, it should blow our minds that the living God, the creator that spoke everything into existence, wants to sit down with you and I and have a conversation. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, reminds us of this. It says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, he wants you to seek him because he loves to be found. In my house, we love to play the game hide and seek. We love it. Just love playing it. I got four kiddos. We always play it all the time. One of our favorite things to play. My youngest uh, daughter, Sailor, she's so cute. She loves playing this game. Every time she hides, she's so excited about getting found that she makes noises. She's like, woohoo. <laughs> woohoo. Like, so you eventually can get to her and find her. Man, and as a father, I love playing this with my kids because there's something so fun about when they actually find you in that moment. My youngest, my littlest one years old, just a little bit older, Leo, and man, he's so cute. He's walking around, plodding around, doesn't have his feet too well figured out, but I love it when he finds me. I make as much noise as I can, and he comes and finds me, opens the door, and I'm like, ah, and he gets scared and falls over and, and just loves it. Man, I love being found by my kids. But you know what? That's true of God too. God loves being found by his kids. See, God is not hiding from you. He's hiding for you. He wants you to experience the moment of finding one another and discovering who he is and his love for you and what he has intended for your life. That's God's heart. He loves you. He's hiding for you. Go find him. Go seek him. See, God won't force you into a relationship with him. He won't force you 
to seek him. You have a choice. Will you engage in prayer? Will you go after seeking after God? He wants you to know him, but knowing requires intentional effort and time. It requires intentional effort and time. If you want to grow in your relationship with God through prayer, the formula is effort and time. There's no shortcut. This is true with relationships in general, but it's true when it comes to prayer as well. It's why Jesus instructed his disciples the way he did in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. He said this, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Always pray, never give up. Why would he use these words? Because Jesus knows that prayer requires intentional, deliberate effort and time. And sometimes it's going to be more difficult than you think because it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go because God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want inside of our lives. For some of you, this is why you don't pray. Matter of fact, let, let me show you what, what I'm talking about. I think in our lives for many times, maybe even in 2020, maybe in 2019 you experienced this, but in our lives we have ambitions, we have things that we're going through, we want breakthroughs in our life, in our faith, with our family, finances, and our fitness, every single area of our life, we want a breakthrough. And what often happens is we run into a wall, a wall gets in the way of what we're going after and what we want to achieve, and we can't jump over it, go around it, or get through it, but there is something that shows up that requires us to pray. Maybe in your life that wall is a relationship that needs healing. Maybe it's a house that needs to sell, a job that you desperately need to make ends meet. Maybe it's an estranged child. Maybe it's a child that has left the faith and you're desperately praying that they would come back to. Maybe it's to get married to find a healthy dating relationship, to figure out what you want to do with your life. And we run into these walls inside of our life that require us to cry out to God, to begin praying inside of our life. And I think what happens for so many of us is, man, we've read scripture. I mean, we've heard somewhere in scripture that it says that, that God can move mountains. And we're like, well, he won't even move this wall. Are you kidding me? I mean, we've heard Jesus say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And knock and the door will be open. And we're going, no one home. Like, for how many of us has prayer become this moment where we feel like we're just talking to a wall going, God, where are you? Show up. I need you. And God wants to whisper inside of your soul something here today. He wants to open your eyes to see that he loves you more than you know and he's doing more than you can see. See, many of us have prayed for weeks and months and years and we're finally just, I'm done. I'm done. And God's going, no, 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 no. If you believe, you will see the glory of God because he loves you more than you know and he's doing more than you can see. So let's get back into the story 
of Martha and Mary and Lazarus with Jesus. Because this story is going to open our eyes to see what God is doing when he's not answering prayers the way we want him to. You'd already opened up to it, but it's John chapter 11 again. We're actually going over to the left on page 1076. We're going to be reading from verse 1 to start this story and uh, just letting God open our eyes to see what happens when our prayers aren't answered the way we want and what he is doing. So verse 1, I'll read. We can follow along. Let's get into the story. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, they put that context in there so that we understand that Mary and Martha have a relationship with Jesus. This isn't some like some distant relationship. They're really, really, really close to Jesus. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, it talks about a story about how Jesus has had dinner with them before, been into their house. They know each other. So Mary and Martha understand that when Lazarus is sick, we can reach out to Jesus. He's going to show up. This is going to be okay. We know Jesus. Jesus is good with us. And so they say in verse 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Now put yourself in this family's shoes. Like Lazarus is on his deathbed. Like eternity hands in the balance. They need this guy to be healed. They need their brother healed. I mean, they've tried essential oils. They've tried chicken noodle soup. They gave the NyQuil. It ain't working. They need Jesus. And so they're about to send word. They send word off to Jesus in this moment. And they know that Jesus is in a place in Perea. This is 15 miles away from where they are in Bethany. So they know where he is. So they send word, hey, Jesus, we need you to show up. We need you to be here and make something happen. Now, in this moment, I want you to put yourself in the story. Put yourself in the story. If you had one shot to convince God to do what you want him to do, what would you have sent to Jesus? What word would you have sent to him? Like, like you got one chance, and it's time sensitive. You got to reach out to Jesus. You got to tell him why he needs to do what you want him to do to show up and heal your brother. Can I tell you what I would do? I would not make that message short. That would not be a short, short message. I would give Lazarus's entire resume written out to send to Jesus. It'd be like, hey, Jesus, this is Lazarus. He loves you. He serves you. He's on the parking team at church. He tithes. He gives. He loves people. He tells everybody around him about Jesus. If we lose Lazarus today, your kingdom's going to lose in the process. Why don't you show up and take care of this? That's what I would do. Not Mary and Martha. What do they do? See, they... They knew the heart of God. They knew the heart of Jesus and how to get his attention. Verse 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. In seven words, seven words, Mary and Martha give us an insight into prayer that should, should take a weight off our shoulders when it comes to approaching God. And Louis Giglio said this first, he said, the power of prayer is not in the words of the one who's praying, but in the one who's listening. That's why they appeal to the heart of Jesus. This should be encouraging to us in prayer. Because how many times do you go in prayer and try to find the right words? But that's not the power of prayer, not your words. It's then the one who's listening to your words. And they're appealing to Jesus' heart, saying, the one you love is sick. Come heal him. 
And for some of us, this is where we actually get hung up on prayer. This is where we actually get hung up on Jesus. And here's what I mean. For some of you, you're sitting in this room going, man, God doesn't love me. Do you know what I've done? Do you know the mistakes I've made? The private things that I've engaged with that nobody knows about, the secrets that I carry. There is pain, shame, and guilt that I have. There is no way that God loves me. And maybe you're here today to hear this one word that, that Mary and Martha are giving us an insight into, and that's this. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made, the guilt you carry. God loves you. The creator of the universe wants a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. See, the, at the very basic concept of Christianity, Christianity is not we so loved God that he sent his son to us. No, no, no. It's that God so loved us that he sent Jesus to us. It's about God's love for you. God loves you more than you know. And he wants to open up your eyes so that you can see it. Mary and Martha knew it. That's why they appealed to Jesus' heart. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now time goes by. They've sent word. Jesus got word. Time goes by and Jesus doesn't show up. Lazarus fights and fights and fights until he takes his last breath and dies. In verse 4, Jesus gives us an insight into why he's waiting and not answering. When he heard this, meaning that Lazarus is sick, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. What? <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, what? Yes, it does. It ends in death. See, but Jesus can see that there's more going on than what we can see. Here's the next verse. Very profound. It says this. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Here's what Jesus is saying in that moment. He's saying, listen, no, no, no. I understand what's going on. I get it. I can see it. Actually, I'm still in control of it. In fact, I know that situation is happening. And what you can't see yet is that I'm going to use that situation to be glorified. That situation is going to be an opportunity for you to know me more, know more about me. And I, Jesus, am going to be glorified through it. He's saying, make no mistake. I'm still in control. I still know what's going on. So Jesus isn't showing up like Mary and Martha wanted because God is doing more than they can see. Eventually, Jesus shows up. He finally shows up on the scene. He's so late, it's rude. It's rude. Like, Lazarus is dead, dead. He's wrapped up and in the tomb. Like, this is over, and Jesus has the audacity to show up. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days? Four days. Okay, this is important. Because what does a body do after four days? Starts decomposing, right? Like, Lazarus is gone. There ain't no hope. This guy's gone. He's decomposing. It's not good. Lazarus is really, really dead. In fact, in our version of the Bible, it actually talks about a little bit later. By this time, his body had bad odor. It had a bad odor. But I like the way that the King James Version says this instead. See, and, I, and I mean this. It literally says this in the King James Version of the translation of the Bible. It says this, by this time, he stinketh. <laughs> right? You ever got a bad word that's, that smells a little bit? Just add ith on the end of it. makes it holy. <laughs> by this time, he stinketh, man. That's ridiculous. 
So it's four days into the stinketh, like bad, game over. Verse 20, we see Martha's response to Jesus showing up. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Martha's about to give Jesus a little bit of her mind, right? She's about to tell him what's going on. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In other words, Jesus, if you had just done what I asked you to do, when I sent word, I told you, told you to show up, heal my brother, he'd still be alive right now. If you had just answered my prayers, I hit a wall in life, I was looking at it, I knew it was a problem, I knew this was only a job for Jesus, I reached out to you, if you had just shown up, he would still be alive. And a lot of us are in that same place in our life. We're angry, man. If you had just shown up, if you just answered my prayer, this wouldn't have happened. And yet, in verse 22, Martha demonstrates a faith that every single one of us should strive to have in our own lives. It says this, verse 22, but I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. Oh man, this is the type of faith Jesus was looking for. He's like, all right, I see you, I got you. She's going, man, I believe even now, but even now, when nothing has happened, I believe you still can. He's rotten, I think you can still do something about it. And we need a but even now faith inside of our life. Where in your life are you hitting a wall and you just need to rebuild your faith in your prayer life to say, but even now, God, I know you can do something about this. Man, I heard a story, but even now type of story that I just can't keep to myself. It's amazing. It's about a woman named Tatiana in our Hamilton Mill campus. She's a single mom of three daughters. And she found her way to 12 Stone, saved and, and loves Jesus and has been a part of our church. But it was about a year and a half ago where she heard a sermon from PK about how we are spiritually responsible for raising our kids, kind of the way I felt in the car with Ella trying to teach her how to pray. She felt the weight of that moment and realized she wasn't spiritually raising her girls the way she was supposed to. See, she grew up in a home where she was forced to go to church that it kind of rubbed on her the wrong way and messed with her faith, and she didn't want to do the same thing to her daughters. But in that moment when she felt the weight, she, she knew she hit this wall in her life that there's something she couldn't do about. And so she just began to pray saying, God, would you open my daughter's eyes to see that you are real? Would you draw them in to you? And as she began to pray over the next year, every single day going back after it, God opened their eyes, draw them to the church. They wouldn't go to church, and she would ask them, will you go to church? And finally, I mean, it got to a point where it got worse, and one of her daughters said, man, I hate God. Because there's some medical stuff that was going on inside of the family, and 17 years old, 19 years old at this time, both of her girls were, they're just like, we hate God. We don't have anything to do with that. You can go do your thing. And even when Tatiana is hitting this wall in her life, praying day after day, God, move this wall. Would you just do something? She never gave up because she had a but even now type of faith. faith. Even now, God, I think you can do something. Even now, I think you can still open their eyes. And can I tell you something? December 22nd, 2019, her two girls made the decision to go to church for a Christmas Eve service at 12 Stone. They walked forward, gave their life to Jesus Christ, and said yes to his offer in salvation. Come on, man. 
absolutely. See, because God loves you more than you know, and he's doing more than you can see. We need this, but even now, type of faith where we trust in God. Now let's look at Mary's moment where she gets to interact with Jesus when Jesus shows up. It's verse 32 that carries a moment. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same response as Martha, but Jesus' response to her was different. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then comes the favorite memory verse for every single kid. Jesus wept. Man, it's an important moment inside of this story. Jesus wept. Spoiler alert here. A little bit of spoiler. If you haven't heard this story, Jesus is about to resurrect Lazarus from the grave and bring him back to life. That's what's about to happen. And so when I read Jesus wept, it's curious to me because I'm like, Jesus, look at her and say, it's all good, girl. 10 minutes, he's going to be walking again. Like, brighten up. We're good. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus weeps with her. Why? I think God wants to give us a reality, a glimpse into prayer that we fail to see. That even in the moments where we're in front of the wall, where we're praying, where we're begging and pleading, and God's not doing anything, we're like, man, I'm just talking to a wall. God, won't you show up? Even though God knows the plan in the end and what he's going to do, he still loves us more than we know, and he will show up in our grief and weep with us because he knows what we're going through. Listen, there is not a single tear that you can shed that Jesus doesn't completely understand. And just because God is absent or silent doesn't mean he is absent. He's still there crying and weeping. We just can't fully see what he's doing. For some of us, you just need to hear today that in your frustration, in your anger, maybe you quit on prayer. God's reminding you he's weeping with you over the things, but you just can't see what he's fully doing. Verse 38. Oh, baby, I'm getting excited. This is where it gets good. This is where it gets good. This is where Jesus is about to open the eyes of everybody to see what he's been doing the entire time. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave and stone laid across the entire entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. The dude stinketh. For he has been there for four days. Then Jesus gives the promise. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He's up to something that we can't see. Verse 43, Jesus called a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, I love what John Calvin says about this moment. He he tells us that it's a good thing that Jesus called out Lazarus by his name, or we would have had an entire cemetery resurrected. Yeah? That's the power of Jesus' voice right there. Man, he calls out Lazarus, and look what happens. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Then he drops the mic and leaves. Right? What's the point of the story? Here's the point. God loves you more than you know. He's doing more than you can see. 
And if you believe, you will see the glory of God on your life in 2020. If you always pray and never give up, if you always seek him out, if you get in a relationship with him and go after it, he will meet you there. So just as PK left off, what are you hoping for in 2020? What are you going after? What are you hoping God's going to do inside of your life? See, Mary and Martha, they were hoping for a healing, but Jesus was planning a resurrection. See, they were hoping for something good, but Jesus was planning for something better. They just couldn't fully see everything that God was doing. And so as PK left off, I'll invite him back up here. What are you hoping for, for 2020 that you see God do in your life? Yeah. That's good, Sean. Sean and I were talking about this. Yeah, thank you, brother. Sean, you and I were talking about it in the office in, in, in between serv services. Just We got our own walls. Everybody does. You have yours. So what are you hoping for in 2020? And I'm going to invite all of us as a church to do something right now. I want everyone to get an offering envelope. Not because you're going to use this for offering this particular one. I want you to use it for what's on the back, and that is a blank spot. So everyone across campuses, get, get a, an offering envelope. It's under your chair, or it's in front of you, and get a pen while you're at it. And, and I'm going to invite you to something. There are things that you're hoping God will do in 2020, and because it's your prayer. It, it's the wall. It's if God would help break down that wall. You're asking for a healing, but he might have a resurrection in mind. Listen, God's hoped more for you than you hope for yourself. All right, well, what's your prayer? Now, listen, here's the invitation. You write your prayer down right now. Just right now, where, where you're seated. Just begin to write your prayer down. What, what are you asking of God? Maybe it's a couple of things. Maybe it's one in particular, but if you could get that breakthrough. Maybe you write a whole paragraph, and, and I'm going to invite you to put that in the offering basket today, and just put your first name on it. Not your last name, just your first name. We're going to collect those, and it's going to be part of the 21 days of prayer. See, you're not on your own. You're not alone. You have a church family that will pray with you, and you'll pray over one another. It is a powerful thing. We're going to take God at his invitation. See, there are things that you're hoping for in 2020, but there are things that God hopes for you in 2020, and one of those things that God hopes for you is that you become a person all the more rooted in prayer. So while you're writing out your prayer, listen in. We're going after 21 days of prayer. We think this is going to be one of the most profound, if not the most profound season of prayer for you, for us, together. So profound that we're going to do something we've never done before. We are going to have 21 days in a row. 21 days in a row. Well, we're going to provide, if you will, the moment of praise and worship. We're going to provide devotional every day for 21 days live. We're going to invite you into the experience of prayer. And it all starts. This is all happening in the month of January. So we're going to have 21 days of prayer, of prayer in January. And it's all going to start on the 11th. This Saturday... The 21 days of prayer begins at 8 o'clock. Now listen, for 21 days, every campus is going to be open in the morning for 21 days. It starts this Saturday, the 11th, at 8 o'clock at all the campuses, but we're going to live stream from Central Campus. 
And the experience is going to feel like this. We're going to have a moment of worship. Band is going to lead just a song, not long, about 20 minutes of a song and scripture, a 10-minute devotional, and a little guided prayer. After that 20-some minutes, then you're going to go into a time of, of praying, and you'll have 20-some minutes to, to, to prayer, and you'll, you'll know how to walk through that. And, and, and then we're going to gather for the last 10, 15 minutes, and, and, and we're going to engage in guided congregational group prayer. And listen, it's going to be profound. It'll be done in an hour. Nine o'clock, you're out of here. Then we'll have Sunday. Then we'll start into the weekday. And, and every weekday, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Yes, let it blow your mind. Tell your neighbor. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. We're providing devotionals live every day. In other words, we're going to gather together. We're not going to pray just separate. We're going to come together and pray. Now, maybe the husband has to send the wife or vice versa because of the kids. Get it. Then, then we will be live streaming to all the campuses. But if necessary, if it's helpful to you, well, you can pick it up and live stream at your house. And this is all going to come together and culminate on January the 31st at the end of the 21 days. And we're going to have a night of worship and prayer together. A gathering at three regional kind of locations of our campuses. So you have three decisions to make. And here are your decisions that you got to make. Pray for 21 days straight. Make a decision right now. Like you make a commitment before God. God, I'm going to go get this. This sounds horribly inconvenient. But we have high expectation and we're going to give high commitment 21 days straight, you engage in prayer. May, that doesn't always mean you show up to every early gathering. You may not hit all 21 of us. I, I get it. But you pray 21 days straight. You pray with your church family. And you come and you, at all, if at all possible, be a part of each event you can. And then uh, uh, live stream the ones you can't physically be present. And then pray January 31st, worship and prayer night. This is going to be an extraordinary season where the Spirit of God is moving. And He's inviting us. Listen, he's not hiding from us. He's hiding for us. We have walls that God intends to move. And we might be praying smaller than God intends to move. We might just be asking for healing. God wants to do resurrection-sized things. So let's seek him. In fact, the campus pastors are going to step up right now across the campuses. and take a moment to help lead you in a prayer as together we commit to fully follow 21 days of prayer, God helping us. Oh my God. 
Sing it out. You never stop. Yeah. 